Hello, everyone, and welcome back after a week off to another episode of Spinning the Reel. I am your host, Evan. And uh, what's up, guys? It's me, Cody. It's actually what's up, Doc. Well, I couldn't say that. Then that's like infringement and copyright. So <laughs> I didn't want to do that. So to the best I, of my abilities, I was Bugs Bunny there. And it's still Cody, guys. What's up, medical professional? <laughs> As you're eating a what, what's like an alternative to a carrot? Uh, I don't know. That's a anyway, question. doesn't matter. The point is we've we've buried the lead here. We are talking about Space Jam a week late as we record this uh, on uh, July 27th. But we are talking about Space Jam. We're going to have some middle segment about something, probably movie <laughs> embargoes. We don't know for sure. But what's our third segment going to be, Cody? Uh, well, I had been begging you basically to watch these movies for a while. So now that we've all caught up, or you've caught up, I should say, uh, the Fear Street trilogy that released on Netflix. It's really overall. turned our dynamic on its head. Yeah. So usually uh, it's me begging you to watch movies. <laughs> well, you know what? Here I was pleading you. It, it wasn't as bad as F9, but it was me pleading you yet again. Um, but yeah, Fear Street trilogy that released on Netflix. And we'll go through them and talk about our initial impressions and all that good stuff and how it kind of worked on Netflix and the whole the whole thing of it with all the movies. So we'll all get into it, it. All three of them. So you know let's dive Anyways. right in yeah let's do it what in the matrix hell welcome to the space welcome king james i am the king of this domain this is the serververse all right, Cody. First thing up is a movie I know you've been terribly excited for, right? Oh my god, have? dude. Haven't dude, you? Dude, dude, for like honestly most anticipated? Most anticipated of 2021. Probably during during like 2020, I was like, dude, LeBron mm-hmm. James, he's the GOAT. We're talking okay. about Space Jam, a new legacy. Cody, have you seen the original Space Jam? Uh, yes. And, and I have, it's been a long time. I didn't rewatch it for the sake I, of, I did. And I, it's bad. <laughs> it's not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. So just so we're all aware, LeBron James, you know, arguably a goat, but th- Michael Jordan was the goat. And that movie I'm sure was LeBron James is a better actor than, uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan. That's having good. Seen both of these movies, but uh, LeBron's been in a few in things. A second. Uh, all but, right, Cody, what is space jam? A new legacy. What happens in this movie? Guys, Space Jam A New Legacy is a two-hour advertisement to subscribe to HBO Max. That's what it is. It's a sizzle reel. It's a, it's a sizzle reel. It is. Is it not a sizzle reel for fucking Warner Brothers? <laughs> it, it is, man. It, it's literally just like, oh, I want to watch all of these other movies besides Space Jam New Legacy. Uh, but no, essentially... <laughs> Which, if you're watching on HBO Max, it presupposes that you have HBO Max. Which is what I did. I did not watch this in theaters. I watched this we, on we HBO. Tried to watch it. I almost went with Zach to see this in theaters. Oh my god! Our, our food took too long to get there, so we missed the movie. So we just watched it on HBO Max. There you go. So yes, for people that are basically essentially already subscribed, you are you were barking up the wrong chain there, uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers. We we're already there. We're already. They're subscribed. saying Casablanca exists on our service, and please watch it. So. But no, I mean, essentially, man, what is what, Space what, Jam? What happens in this movie? 
the Looney Tunes come into play. They're at the bottom of the barrel, but that's the team that he gets. That's the de- the hand that LeBron is dealt. This is such a and bad description. <laughs> it's all about having fun. Okay. So LeBron James' son gets kidnapped by an algorithm named Algerithm. Wow. What a play on words there. Oh my God. It's so bad. And he goes by Algae the whole movie. The whole movie takes place in a in a world called the uh, Warner Serververse. I I can't with this movie. Just talking about it it's right so now. So stupid, dude. Um, <laughs> and so LeBron James has to play algae rhythm at basketball to That's save funny, his son. Man. That's what happens in this movie. You're welcome, Cody. I gave you an A plus uh, plot summary. Honestly, dude, I could have just left it at a two hour advertisement for H uh, I mean, for Warner Brothers. Is. It yeah, is. so why was All I right, wrong? So you just watched this movie today, right? That is correct, sir. So I did. Your thoughts are fresh. I watched My- this movie drunk a week ago. More Dang than a week it. ago. I messed up, so, dude. Your thoughts are fresh. Tell tell me what you think. It it was weird, dude. Like, like I said, it felt like a two-hour advertisement. I'll keep repeating it because it's like yes, they were jokes about it, and I kind of laughed, like, oh, LeBron versus Superman and stuff. And it's like wait that's kind of funny because i probably at this point in time would rather watch that or like it just Mm -hmm. kept me thinking like okay actually you know what i'd rather watch a dc movie right now or i'd rather watch harry potter right now like i should be focused on what you're trying to present they kept referencing harry potter but like they didn't see harry potter in the movie Mm, not that i'm aware of now um but like it's hard too because it's like lebron's a basketball player and Mm -hmm. we've seen Plenty of times, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we we talked about like the wrestlers that have made it into the movie industry. And actually, we'll probably talk about it in the next segment and next week with the Jungle Cruise, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and stuff. Mm. And to an extent, like, you know, their career is acting and stuff. But like right. basketball players are basketball players in almost any other sport. Like you can't just put them into these situations and expect them to be. You have to perform in those yeah. sports. It's not just and, show. And so it's like you get like this young LeBron at the start of the movie. And I was, was like. I would rather that kid be in the movie for a longer extended time than LeBron. Cause he's an himself. actor. Cause he's like an actor. And it's like, Oh, maybe we'll have like kid LeBron. And like, this is the reason he plays basketball. Oh, you, like you haven't seen the original space jam in a while. Cause that's how the original one starts. It's Michael oh, really? Jordan out in his backyard. Oh, and his dad is like being like, all right. Yeah. It, but it's not like as intense as that. So this movie, it starts out LeBron's, playing basketball but he's like playing a video game and his coaches are like you need to focus you're the best basketball player in the world but like exactly if you get it you get it but the the original space jam is just like michael jordan as a kid is like shooting baskets with his dad and just having a blast and then cut to modern times like that that was a change and and i think that was where they were trying to go with it so like my first impression of this movie was just like i'm shocked that lebron james uh accepted the script because it made him look like a piece of shit father (laughs) like literally (laughs) it was just like his kids are out like hanging out his son wants to be a fucking video game designer which is great that's probably better than a basketball player at this point who knows um but lebron james is like no you need to focus you need to do this move and like all this stuff and he's just like a fucking asshole of a dad and i'm just like i like from everything I know about LeBron James from all of his like appearances and like the way he conducts himself in the world, 
he he doesn't seem like a bad guy. He seems like he's a thoughtful dude and like cares about his children's happiness. But in this movie, it portrays him as just like the awful father who only wants to like be a drill sergeant to his kids. And I that was like the most shocking thing to me, I think. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that he was more excited about being in this movie after he had lost in like the NBA finals. Like you're well, proud he'd of already this? recorded it. <laughs> yeah, I better be proud of this kind of thing. Um, it's I again. It's I haven't seen the original Space Jam in some time. Um, it's bad. It's and so you're bad. and you're speaking to it. And like I said, it just doesn't feel like there's nothing new here. Like they they just there was no idea here. It's just like let's mm-hmm. put the most famous basketball player that we can just for publicity's sake. Because I guarantee people that hate LeBron James still watch this movie because they hate LeBron James. And I'm sure people that love LeBron James watch this movie because they love Are LeBron James. Still like, that passionate about LeBron James one way or another? I'm like, I'm almost positive that there okay. is no middle ground for LeBron James. You either hate the guy. I feel like he's or you getting old, and now people are just like, all right, it's fine. You know, he's <laughs> he's one of the best players of all time, and whatever. Sure. People gonna hate Evan. People gonna love no matter uh, what. Yeah, it sure. is what it is. But you know that that was a draw. Uh, and then the other draw, I guess you could argue, was I guess there is no other draw. Like, nope, we're putting LeBron James into this movie, and that's it. It's gonna be the same exact movie that you saw as a kid, and and maybe try and like write for kids like this uh. is the nostalgia for them, right? <laughs> because anyone who was a kid growing up, maybe right before us, right, like. We knew about. I, I think our Jordan. our generation is is the Space Jam generation. Like Correct. people five years, I, I would say like ten years before us, and maybe three years after us is yeah. kind of and, like the. And they're the trying rain. to hit that nostalgia again for this next generation of kids to be like, oh, it's you know everyone knows the name LeBron James and and. I, I no okay so so here's the thing I think that this movie was made for people who grew up on Space Jam who now have like kids, you know, What's people the, who this... are five, 10 years older than us that have kids that want to take their kids to a movie. And the, the nostalgia for them is there for space. So like, if you grew up with space jam, which neither of us did, obviously, like I have friends that, that grew up on space jam. Like that was the movie they would watch as a kid all the time. And they loved it. And this movie for them is just like, okay, this is like my nostalgia I love it. And that's, that's great. So I selfless plug here or, or selfish plug here. Um, I wrote a review about space. Jam, oh, how, like, oh my nostalgia God. is toxic and <laughs> how basically these companies are weaponizing your nostalgia for like old movies that also suck. Hey, um, I'm a Disney boy. How dare you touch anyway, on this nostalgia. Is a Disney movie. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. So I rewatched space jam. I'd seen it when I was a kid, kind of like you, like I watched it a long time ago, but I, I rewatched it in anticipation of this movie. And here's the one nice thing I will say about space jam, a new legacy is it is mo- more coherent as a film. Like it's more cohesively a movie than the original space jam. Like the original space jam, it starts out with like Danny DeVito as some alien theme park owner who kidnaps the Looney Tunes. And then the Looney Tunes are like, we'll play you at basketball. But then the, it's nonsense, dude. The, the aliens, they steal basketball players skill. I, you can't even describe this movie cohesively. But that's the Looney Tunes. And then, like, and then like, there's this side track going on of like uh, Michael Jordan being a star NBA player that decides to start playing baseball. And then with like 30 minutes left in the movie, 
they kidnap Michael Jordan to play basketball with them. So like the whole movie isn't even like the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan playing basketball. It's like, there's this other side plot going on. And then now we're all going to come together. Like, it's not even a film. Like it's nonsense. The, the whole movie is nonsense, but at least it's like not insidiously uh, advertising for Warner brothers back catalog. Like this is um, this movie legitimately is a story. Like, LeBron James' son gets kidnapped and he is playing basketball to save him. That is that is a narrative story, which I appreciated, but there's so much wrong with the movie that it's it's just fucking terrible. Like, do, do you have anything good to say about this movie? Because that was the uh, most I had good to say about it was that it is it is coherently a movie. He made the right decision, LeBron James, in trying to basically draft the Iron Giant. Iron Giant is dope. But Bugs Bunny was a dick. D- Bugs Bunny was like, nope, I'm going to cock block you and your entire team. We need to go save all my friends so that I have a world to be- live in again. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what they did. When when this movie, because at the time, obviously now this the, the talks already happened. The biggest talk about this movie has nothing to do with LeBron, any of it. The biggest talk of this movie that everyone had a controversy over was the fact of how they made Lolo Bunny in her basketball outfit. Okay? Lolo Bunny? I remember the talk that that. bothered you. No, it didn't bother me at all, but it's funny that that was the biggest talk that still probably came out of this movie. Yeah. So many people were upset. (laughs) They're like, Oh, why isn't the bunny sexy? (laughs) Isn't that like, it's a fucking rabbit. Get over it. (laughs) Horn dogs. (laughs) But isn't that funny that that might be the most talked about subject of this entire Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew has something to say about that, buddy. Point is, it had nothing. Your your appeal to the movie was LeBron James, and yet it doesn't matter. You want to know guess... the, the moment that this movie turned me off? <clears throat> that I was just like, I mean, the, the whole thing was bad from the start. Okay. It was when uh, they cut to a shot of Ilsa Lund in Casablanca. We're talking about uh, Casablanca here. Ingrid Bergman. Right. She's like, you know what I want to hear, Sam play me the song and it cuts over and it's fucking Yosemite Sam and everybody involved with the production of that of ruining the one of the greatest movies of all time Casablanca should serve time in fucking Guantanamo (laughs) Bay or the fucking they need to be tried at the Hague this movie deserves to send people to prison it's brutal uh yeah it's so hard to like (laughs) there's nothing good to talk about here like you asked me to talk about something good and i i can't tell you one thing about this movie that i was excited about that's gonna stick with me that like i've i watched it today and i'll tell you i already forgot what i watched today (laughs) like that's that's what this movie is it's like oh okay (sighs) i i watched it it's so they don't even play basketball they play some fake version of like style street ball and you think whatever and it sucks it's like so bad you talk about lebron obviously taking the role of being in this movie a dick father and stuff too and you think okay at least maybe at the end they'll be like a real like heartfelt sentiment like it was kind of heartfelt yeah like the big premise here was like be you be yourself have fun in the Mm -hmm. process kind of thing and lebron got on board with it he was like hey you go to your fucking gamer camp or whatever sure but even then it's just like I didn't feel anything like usually even if the movie's bad it's like oh, okay I, you know I get it you went for it kind of thing and this is just yeah. like eh 
So I, the infuriating part is so full spoilers here. So we get to the end, right? And LeBron has been trying to teach his kids this like step back jump shot move that his son who gets kidnapped had worked into his game, but it had created a glitch, right? And so like the big climactic finish is that someone has to do the glitch move to glitch the game and kill algae rhythm. And LeBron's like, I'm going to do it to save my son, which is very heartfelt. It's very emotional. That's great. That's like how your, your protagonist sacrificing himself. Great. Did you, did you cry during that scene? I, I was full on in tears. Um, but then <laughs> Bugs Bunny decides he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the hero here and jump, jump in front of him, make the move glitches out. And you're just like, oh, how, how fucking sad a cartoon rabbit died. Oh no. But even if you did feel bad that Bugs Bunny died, literally like five minutes later, he just shows up in real life and he's like, oh, you didn't think I'd actually be dead, did you, Doc? And it's like, this movie's fucking garbage, dude. It's true. He did show up five minutes later. And I want you it's to know that I cried. Unbelievably bad. I cried more when Bugs Bunny took the hit. I was like, no, Bugs You're Bunny. like, I wish he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, so I, so I want to talk about why this movie is so bad. Like we, we watched lots of bad movies. We watched uh, Mortal Kombat. That movie Especially on this coherent, season. Really shitty. We watched Army of the Dead just nonsense movie bad this movie is nonsensical it is incoherent but i think and maybe maybe you disagree with me i i'd love to hear the biggest problem with space jam a new legacy is it's not just bad it's just like entire existence is owed to the fact that warner brother wants to advertise its back catalog it's like here is a bunch of other things that we want you to watch and here's a movie that's barely a movie that is just advertising all of those things with lebron james algae rhythm got his wish after all what do you think cody yeah like like i said i haven't seen the original space jam in some time but it's like here's a situation where you're not bringing anything new to the table and you could put any star athlete from any sport into any type of tentacampo yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be basketball is what I'm saying. And you can put them into any other, not even Warner Brothers. Like I'm just saying any product that you're trying to obviously advertise because that's mm-hmm. your star appeal. Um, and I agree with you. It's like this movie didn't need to exist. It shouldn't have existed. I'm upset that it now does exist. Um, but <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, you know what? We've already done this before. And there's no story that we can really tell here other than, you know, let's play basketball kind of thing with LeBron yeah. and try and tell a heartfelt story of being yourself or whatever, or just nostalgia for what Space Jam was, nostalgia for what Looney Tunes was or anything like that. Um, and then to fill it with people like it just felt like an entire like skit. Like it wasn't even like a movie. It's like someone just put a camera on and just goes, okay, be yourself, be funny kind of thing. Like, you know, I, there's just nothing here. That's even like, no one seemed to care. Like no one seemed to actually act here. Like even with the bad movies that we've watched this year, it's like they're bad for reasons of the way maybe it plays out more so uh, than this one. And this one is just like, dude, like there's just, I mean, all of the acting, all of the, you know, 
I, I don't even know. Just storyline. Like I get that it maybe because I haven't seen the original. You saying there's more of a storyline there. It there just felt so. It just there's felt so bland. <laughs> it just felt so bland. It felt so boring. It felt so just. You know, LeBron. T- he kept talking about it, right? Like after like post game interviews, like oh, I like you know really put my heart and soul into this, and I'm like, well, you might be the only one because I don't. No. I don't think he was terrible in this movie. Like I thought he was not good, but like not. But I'm saying everyone else that he's like surrounded with, it's just like they picked him up in a sense, like off the street in a way. It's like, yeah, I know that they're real actors. And I talked about the kid earlier, like being in the movie and that's Mm -hmm. cool and all. Cause it's like, yeah, I would have like, I would have liked to see more of that in a sense, because it's like, you know, you don't need LeBron necessarily in the whole movie, I guess, if Michael Jordan was only in. And that was another funny thing. Michael B. Jordan show. Like, they tried that was so a many. Joke. That, was a, that was a decent Yeah, joke. they tried, like, <laughs> these jokes. Like, but I think they just, that's all they relied on. Like, that was another right. thing. It's like, here's, like, Well, that's the Looney Tunes, though. Like, it's, it's just nonsense jokes. But, like, none of them were funny in this. And, that, like, they had a decent premise as he's going through, like, the Warner Brothers catalog. Ugh, which is just insidious. But, like the way that they were adapted into each thing, like in, in uh, DC world, they had a certain look, they were what, like Batman and Robin or whatever. And in Mad Max world, like LeBron had the, the shaved sides and the Mohawk or whatever. And like, that's clever enough. But the problem is, is the original space jam. It was just like, all right, the Looney Tunes are fighting for their lives and they kidnap uh, Michael Jordan to help save them. And it's just like, it's, it's a Looney Tunes movie with Michael Jordan this movie is just like, okay, we're going to kidnap LeBron James, but now remember that uh, there are Superman movies that you could watch? Oh, wait, but do you remember that there are uh, Wonder Woman movies that you can watch? How about this? Think about Mad Max Fury Road. Don't you love Mad Max Fury Road? And uh, on top of that, oh, Casablanca, do you like old movies? Well, let me tell you about HBO Max. And like that is the entire premise of this movie is here, even even in the fucking final scenes where they're playing basketball or whatever the dumb All the video fans game version, stuff. every fan in the audience yeah. is just some like Warner Brothers character showing yep. up. And like you're trying to figure out, okay, who is this? Who is this? And I don't know if you're like me and you don't give a shit who Warner brothers is trying to advertise in the crowd, but it's just like every single decision that was made in this movie was made to sell HBO max or to like get people to watch the next Warner brothers thing. And it's just so gross and such an indictment of what the film industry is now, where it's just like, we want to create something that's going to make you watch our other stuff or that's gonna have tons. It's the it's the MCUification of like old movies, saying like we're gonna reference all of this stuff, so you have to watch all this other stuff to get it. It just it sucks, dude. It this movie is is bad in its execution, but it's also bad in its conceit. It's just fucking terrible. Yeah. Every every movie we've talked about in this podcast that I gave a one star to, I texted you. I was like, I need to reevaluate my one star movies mm-hmm. because. This well, is truly, truly. Well, that's a, a good, good movie. way to bridge it over to the letterbox roundup, Cody. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I've already ruined it, but I still got to say it because it's you're what not going to do, do it. Yeah, go for I'm, it. I'm going to do it. Letterbox roundup. 
Uh, yes, like I said, guys, I, I gave this film one star. It makes me evaluate every one star movie. If I've this ever is given. a one star movie, what is a half star movie for you? What is a half star movie? I'm telling you, half. I don't know what would make a half star movie because it's like if you want to know enough time. There's a movie streaming right now. It's the worst movie I've seen this year and the worst movie I've seen in in multiple years. Saw it at Sundance. Um, it's called First Date. Okay. You tell watch me that watch movie and see if you give it half a star. See, if you don't, I'll be shocked. <laughs> that's the thing. If like if I give something time, it's like at worst, I feel like I'd give it a one star because it's like, man, at least there was still something there in the trailer or whatever that's like, I wanted to watch this. So it's right. like, how can I diss it that much? It would have to be like a homemade film that like made its way, like that letterbox picked up. And it's like, oh, you know what? It's on there. So go ahead and rate it. And I'd be like, you, if you give first date anything more than half a star, I'll be I'm gonna shocked. Give, I'm going to give it five stars just, just to spite. You should have said nothing. You should have just been like, you need to it, watch it this It is movie. my least favorite movie and Evan's least favorite movie. We watched this movie and we hated it. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, half stars. I don't know what it takes to get me a half star. Maybe we'll this movie. We need to you, do it. <laughs> I'm not just going to give a half star. To give we need star. to see you give a half star. What's I mean, one star is just as bad as a half star. I'm telling you not to watch it. This is uncomprehensible content that I'm asking you to listen to, but you shouldn't go watch. So whatever. One star. Go ahead. Give your this movie shouldn't have been this bad. Like I said, coherently, this movie like this movie is coherent. It's it's not nonsense in its plotting, but it's so insidious in the way it's trying to sell you shit that this movie is a one star movie for me as well. It's one out of five. It's complete garbage. Okay, good. Evan, again, letterbox roundup, quick, to the point, concise. And we had like a 10-minute little segment there about it. Good. Letterbox roundup, star rating, that's it. Okay? Get it in your head. God. Time to move on. What up? It's Porky Pig. They call me P-double. step to me. He don't want no trouble. I was famous before the internet. Since 1935, I've been getting respect. This pig is lit. I'm super legit. Every time I'm out in public, people asking me for pics. You? Nobody knows you when you walk the street. How your last name, rhythm, and you're still off beat. From off beginning beat. to the end, I'm <laughs> here for all the smoke. Your squad ain't all star. Your squad is all jokes. All and jokes. this with one bar, most famous of all quotes. This battle is now over. The that, that's all, folks. All right, Cody. We are talking next week about Jungle Cruise, presumably. Um, but there's something about this movie that's got me upset. What is it? Tell okay, me. So, so, so here's the deal. So I see the trailer for this. You know, it's it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's Emily Blunt. Mm. They're on a Jungle Cruise, and there's uh, some sort of German submarine guy. Um, I'm looking at this movie, and I'm thinking, this. if Disney wanted to, they could make this the African Queen, which is a, a, an old movie from, the the I think, the 50s or 60s. It's... I guess it must have been the 50s. It's Humphrey Bogart. It's um, Catherine Hepburn. Classic movie. But then, uh, you know, you keep watching the trailer and there's some like magical voodoo shit and it's just classic nonsense Disney stuff. And I'm like, okay, this movie's going to suck. I've accepted that. I understand it. But let's see. So, so this movie comes out this week. The premiere was last week. The day after the premiere, the embargo lifts. Everyone that was at the premiere, who are all invites of Disney, they're like the YouTubers and the like fringe bloggers that are like big Disney stands. They break down all the Disney stuff every week. They're the ones doing like week by week Loki breakdowns, whatever. The next day after the premiere, 
everybody comes down, like down the line, all of these people that got invited are just like, this movie rocks. It's so good. I was shocked at how great it is. This is my favorite movie of the year. It's amazing. It's the African queen. It's romancing the stone. And you, you see this and they do this every time they did it with black widow. They did it. They do. They do it with all of these fucking movies, Cody. I'm sure you've seen some of the early reviews of all of these Disney movies and it it happens every time. And you're just like, Oh wow, this could be good. And then the actual embargo lifts, like the people that got screeners, the actual critics are just like, this movie is fucking garbage. It's way too long. (laughs) No one is good in it. It it derails into nonsense. And you're just like, Oh yeah, actually, no, that, that does make sense. The people that are saying that black widow is the best Marvel movie by a mile we're probably lying because they got invited to the premiere. And I just like, I wanted to know what your thought was on like all of these, like before you, maybe just in general, before you see a movie, <clears throat> like how much stock you put into early reviews, but especially like how much you put into like the embargo releases of people that get invited to the premiere that are like, whose careers basically hinge on getting invited to shit from Disney versus like the critics. I don't know. What, what's your thought on this whole ecosystem? First and foremost, Disney. If you want fair and honest reviews from the get-go, oh, we will on... like shit and tell you <laughs> to <movies> rock. <laughs> put me on your guest list, and what Evan just said, we will do the same. I will tell you every movie you make, mm-hmm. good or bad. Cody basically does that anyway. Yeah, every one of your movies fucking rocks, dude. We but, we uh, gave them the offer with the Mighty Ducks, Cody, and they didn't. I know. Take well, that we we asked for something in return. We asked for a jersey. This time, we're we're giving our Just services ask, to them for, for free. Uh, early access to movies. <laughs> yeah, that that's nothing wrong. They're going to release it anyway, regardless. Um, it's just, I I do kind of like to talk about this, or I'm glad that we are kind of talking about this because, um, when I watch a movie, I'm going to watch it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Like if it's coming out. Um, but sometimes I'm curious, and sometimes I'm like. Like you said, like, you know, a movie like this, The Jungle Book, we'll talk about The Jungle Cruise. I'm sorry. Jungle Cruise. Um, the Jungle Book. <laughs> make that one again bare and again, Disney. necessities, the simple bare necessities. <laughs> but uh, no, like with The Jungle Cruise, right? It's like, you see the, you see the cast, you're like, ah, oh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like, okay, we get it. He's a big name kind of thing. And then you see Emily Blunt, you're like, okay, someone, you know, a little bit. She's in, in a terms, big name. Yeah, she's a big name in the act, uh, acting world, too. Jesse Plemons, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, it's like, okay, but then you know it's a Disney movie and you know Mm. it's a remake and you're trying to spin it, whatever. It's not really a remake. Um, It's it's an adaptation of a ride that no one cares about. But uh, yeah, I didn't see any voodoo magic in the ride. What is this shit? Um, My point, Evan, that keeps getting derailed here is I do look at early reviews. Uh, just because I'm curious sometimes, I'm just like, because I know what to expect, right? I, I feel like I know what I'm going to expect, and I feel like you know what you're going to expect. Like, this movie isn't going to be great, but for what it already know what it's going to be in a sense, it's like I'm probably going to take that into account, into consideration, into my initial, like, star rating, because it's like, yes, this movie wasn't great, but I'm not a critic either, where it's like I'm going to, you know, mark it so low because of, you know, however critics rate their movies. I honestly couldn't tell how you I they rate movies, mm-hmm. how you rate movies. But I don't care to that extent. So it's like, if I have a good time, I have a good time. And it is funny that when you ask these YouTubers and bloggers and all that kind of stuff for people that are obviously big in the realm of Disney that they want to show their premier access to, I get it. They're going to, you see it not only with Disney, right? I saw it with Cruella. I saw it with, I'll just speak to Disney. Disney. 
<laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'm speaking to Disney, like specifically. I mean, like, it, do, Cruella, it does happen across the board, but yeah, but I'm, most I'm is, saying like, perniciously with Disney. Yeah, and I'll speak to Disney, like I said, with movies that have actually released this year, just to kind of drive the point home. Is you've seen Cruella, or I've seen early Letterbox Cruella, where it was like over four stars it early before it released, and same with Raya, <laughs> incredible, and and both and, both decent movies, but yes. yeah. But then more people, when it comes out, obviously you're going to watch it, critics and non-critics right. alike. And you see that rating start to go down. Because like I said, I do look at these letterbox reviews ahead of time just to like, what are the initial, initial reactions? And obviously their favoritism towards the movie, because just like me, their favoritism towards- They want to get invited towards, to the next one. <laughs> they want to get invited to the next one. Invite me. Uh, and, and there's truth in that, right? There's truth in, oh, I'm going to you know promote my brand too as a content or whatever, if they're invited. And then I'd be like, this movie's great. And people are you know listening to that or what? I would not, Disney. Listen to me. <laughs> I will give you honest opinions. If I hate your movie, I'll tell people it's shit. Uh but it happens regardless, right? And the point being is that yes, I I I get it. But then I also, from a critic standpoint, it's like this movie isn't as bad as you say. I always find myself in the middle ground. Like there's yeah. so many movies I love out there that the critics hate, but I'm like, no, nah, this movie's definitely better than that. Like I name seven. Name seven. <laughs> Fast kidding. and the Furious one yeah. through seven. <laughs> Fast and the Furious one is garbage. <laughs> But, but that's my point. It's like, it's so hard to like, to pick like everyone. It's, it's a style thing, right? Like I obviously but it, favored... but it isn't though. Like it, yes, uh, it is. like, no, I mean, it, it is like, if you have a nostalgia for Disney or if you have like an affinity for their sort of brand of heartwarming garbage, then that's great. Like wonderful. Love that for you. But what, what I'm talking about here is the fact that there are these like there's this like whole cottage industry of reviewers who are just like literally every time it's like Cruella. This is the greatest live action thing Disney's ever done. It's it's dark. It's gritty. It's the Joker. But for for Disney and it's like, no, it's it's not. It's I mean, it's better than Joker, but that's that's beside the point. Whoa, but whoa, like, whoa, whoa! They keep whoa. coming every time they do this. It's like uh, that—that's the frustrating thing with the Jungle Cruise. Is I see all these reviews come through, and they're just like, "This is the best thing I like, the best action adventure summer blockbuster I've seen in years, or whatever." And I'm just like, "This is bullshit, right?" Like, I, I think I texted Zach, and I, was, I sent him a review, and I was just like, "This is bullshit, right?" Like, there's no way this movie is good. And then, sure enough. Three days later, when actual critics get to see the movie and actual people get to see it, they're just like, yeah, no, this movie is bad, but it's like mildly entertaining. And you're just like, I, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I get I, I do understand why that whole other side of it exists of like these reviewers who Disney invites to their premieres because they know they're going to give positive reviews and get the buzz out and they have a following. But like, I don't I could like, honestly, the dream, Cody, the dream for this podcast, agree with me or disagree, is that we get invited to film festivals or movie premieres, right? Like we get to put our reviews out early and convince people to see or not see these movies. I would never, ever live that life if it meant me having to say that Disney bullshit that sucks is good, is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I, I wouldn't stoop to that level. I have a fucking moral code. I don't know how you feel about this. Do you know who you're talking to? 
a Disney boy. You're talking to a Disney boy. I think you're so full of shit, Evan, on what you just said. Regardless. Cody will sell out Disney. That's what he's saying. I don't have to sell out. Disney movies are great. They're great but for he what will. they are. Okay? <laughs> they are great for what they are. And, and that's that... what the beauty of this podcast is. is we can have a little <laughs> bit of both. We can have the shill for Disney, and we can have the guy that hates everything they do. Uh, I mean, what, who's going to come out, regardless of it being Disney, and be like, this movie's mediocre at best. Come watch it. I can't like, wait for the Disney movie that I love that you hate. That's <laughs> it'll never That'll happen. be the day. It will never happen. I could do this for 10 seasons. I could do this for 25 seasons. And there will not be a Disney movie that you love or even like that I at least are not there on par with you. Fair enough. It's, it's, I mean, how would right. it happen? We're, we're going to talk extensively about The Jungle Cruise next week, I think. Not The Jungle Book? Not The Jungle Book. We can talk okay. about The Jungle Book if you want. I'm just checking. All right. Which you Jungle have, Book? There's like, you have any like other eight thoughts about the Disney media ecosystem? I'm in the middle. Disney invite symbiotic relationship between the shills on Twitter and no. Okay. Moving on. Are you okay? That was 1978. 5,937 days ago. Shady side. A history of horror has earned it the nickname Killer Capital USA. What's happening, guys? These massacres happen in Shadyside over and over. You were the only person who survived. How do we end this? All right, Cody. Our final segment is on a series of movies <gasps> that you have uh, insisted that I watch. I'm not a big horror guy. I know you're not a big horror guy uh, either, but we both ended up watching this, and I wouldn't call these movies scary necessarily. Yeah. They're definitely gory. Um intriguing maybe uh we're, we're talking about the fear street trilogy that is fear street you know the the years can you rattle off the years cody it was 1994 yes the year we were born 1978 yep in 1666 yes you got them you got them all what uh what is this trilogy about what what is going on with this set of movies I wish I knew all the characters to where I need to reference the right characters here. But essentially, since 1666, there's been this Sarah Fear. Sarah Fear, thank you. I appreciate the remembrance of that. So there's essentially Sarah Fear is uh, she's a witch. Killed. She's a witch. She's killed. And she basically haunts and possesses people to basically, I don't want to say do her bidding, but they kill people they and throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And you know that story arc is started in what is the first movie of the uh, the trilogy of 1994 and all that kind of good jazz and just kind of goes through it. I don't, you know, we'll, I guess we'll kind of dive into it as we go. But essentially, it's about not, Sarah not a terrible description. Thank you. Uh, so this series of movies turned me off from the very beginning, <laughs> and the fact that they got um, Ethan Hawke's daughter. What's her name? It's uh, Maya Hawke. Maya Hawke opens the series she's like a fucking bookseller she's there at the store i'm like fuck yeah maya hawks in this movie let's fucking go and then five minutes later she's dead bummer dude and doesn't come back and i'm like why would you put maya hawk in your movie one of our great actresses 
of this modern era. And now you expect me to watch the rest of this without her in it? It's <laughs> garbage. I no, thank you. But she did. And I did. For the sake Maybe. of the show. Yeah. What'd you think of it? It was it was fine. I mean, the the movies work to varying degrees, right? I think the first one. So okay. let's go in order. Let's go in order the release and talk about. No, it no, I'm, I'm going to go ar- overarching here. Okay, is, is the point that I'm making here? Is the three movies work best when they are appropriating a certain aesthetic or like aspiring towards a motif? Right. The first movie works best because it is basically capturing this like 90s era that was fleeting at best in in its actual existence but like you have the neon colors you have the the shopping mall it's and and it's captured and that's like entertaining enough it's it's a gory horror movie captured in that and it works the second movie is um the 70s 78 i think uh is what we determined that was they don't really do anything to really capture the 70s aesthetic there. It's just like a summer camp. And it's, I, I thought that movie was kind of like, meh. It just wasn't, it didn't really do much for me. And then it, it hits its stride in the third movie because 1666, you're talking about the um, like colonial times and all of that stuff, even like pre colonial, honestly. Um, with, with like all of this, the, the trappings of that, the, dialogue um is stilted in that in that sort of way and it's it's really interesting the way they like capture that whole mood and 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 theme and then the second half of the last movie comes back to to 94 and and recaptures that sort of like neon glow so like as a series that is aspiring towards really nothing more than just like bloody gory aesthetic the first and third movie work really well because they, they really dig into a certain aesthetic. The second movie doesn't really get that for me. And as someone who doesn't really like the way that the whole thing played out, like I just didn't think it was like super well executed. I, I still think that there's something to admire about these movies as like a visual piece is what I would say. That was my general opinion of it, Cody. That is cool, man. I think I admired these movies more than you did. I agree. I I'm not did. into I'm not into the horror scene and I'm not into the horror scene for reasons of like I'm not into the pop scares of stuff and like you know that kind of stuff. Like that stuff doesn't intrigue me. One, because it's hard for me to keep my eyes on the screen anyway at that point, because I know it's gonna be that kind of movie. But uh I love the way I love horror movies that kind of have like a story to tell, uh mm-hmm. something that just more than just horror a little bit of mystery. This one definitely has, I think, a mystery. And with that mystery, I really like the way that they release these movies. I really like the way that they kind of reverse engineered this movie because it's like you could have easily started in a sense with 1666, right? Just go in order and, and do it that way, right? Where you don't really need to start in 1994. I, I could see a way that they could have just done this in order. It did work backwards. Uh, and then they work backwards in this one. You had the 1994, you get the whole Sarah fear on, you know, how she, how she is, but there's a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of unknowns and stuff. And then you get a couple more answers when 1978 comes out. And then you get a hell of a lot of answers when 1666 releases um, to speak to your point too, on the, the thematic themes of it. Um, I'll agree with you. 
Um, I do think that 1994 really hits its, you know, thematic of, you know, the 1990s and it's cool and it's retro yeah. and it's what you expect from the 1990s. 1978, they're just, you know, you're at a summer at a camp. camp. <laughs> they're at a summer camp and it's very slow. Nothing. Some people have short shorts on. Great. Yeah. Yeah. In 1994, there's like unexpected stuff. And in 1978, it's like so drawn out. It's like nothing like you know kind of what's going to happen. And then you're getting 16. a lot of like the lore too in 78 that yeah, you don't really up. care about. Like sure. 94 at least is just like, it's straight slasher film. Correct. And they kind of resolve what they're Which going Which the slasher for. goes with the 90s, if you like ask me. Like back then it's like sure. okay, a slasher film, whatever. But yeah, you're right. 1978 is what it is. And then 1666, it was a little interesting too. Uh, but, you know, it does, you know, it it's broken up, right? Like the first hour is the colonial period. And that's like really cool. And that's like when mm-hmm. it really like, Oh, okay. Like now we have a full picture and then jump back into 1994 to resolve said 1666 right. issue. It broke that, it up nicely. I thought I did too. I, I actually really, really liked the 1666. Uh, and again, that's just speaking to the fact where it's like, I didn't know where this was still going. It's like, you know, usually movies are pretty like, this is where it's going. You can figure it out even before it gets there. I still feel like there's enough undoings where it's like, oh man, like, okay, I didn't expect that, um, you know, and it, that's kind of cool mm-hmm. too. But like, as a like whole, like I just like, visually, uh, story-wise, like this movie is just like, all these movies were just like really fun. Could you, I know there's an argument at this point too, where it's like, oh, could you have done this as a limited series? Could you have spanned this out like over hours? I, I think they absolutely should have done that. I think okay. it would have been way better as a series. Um, I again, Zach and I when we were talking about this, was like, yeah, no, this would have been way better as a series. And I, I agree. I think this would have been. Don't don't you do you disagree that a series would have given them because uh, you could do an episode about the seven like seventy eight and make it like an hour. It didn't need to be an hour and a half, or it was almost two hours. Would you have and added you more separate than episodes case? of? Yeah, you could you could okay. do another episode of like another era when someone else died. Like all of these, because all of the murderers come back in the end. That's right? true. And You're like right. you could do an episode on each of them, and that's and that's great. You could have a different cast for each one, and then have the original cast come back. I I just think that like they bit off maybe more than they could chew with trying to make this into three feature length films when like it just didn't seem like the story was cohesive enough um i want to i want to throw something at you so it sounds like 78 was both of our least favorite is that accurate for you yeah yep so okay so i want i do want to defend fear street 1978 just in the slightest in saying that like the star of that movie, um, Ziggy Berman, um, who is playing C Berman, uh, as like a child who, who was Jillian Jacobs in the other movies who we love Jillian Jacobs here. She's great. Right. We all love Jillian Jacobs. Uh, we're all fans of uh, community here. Britta. We love her. <laughs> yes. Um, Sadie Sink who plays Ziggy Berman in that movie. Sadie Sink is a fucking movie star. Right. Like she she carries every scene she's in in that movie. The movie doesn't work, but she is she's a movie star. She's kind of been confined to Netflix between Stranger Things and this. But I am genuinely excited to see what Sadie Sink can do, given like an actual opportunity in a real movie. 
Yeah, I mean, you don't put her on your, you know, poster too for 1978, knowing that she's mm-hmm. not an appeal for that movie. Um, I didn't rate this any less than 1994. Just FYI, I think you're a coward. I'm a coward. <laughs> no, I, I found, like I said, when it adds to the lore, when it adds to this world building, when it adds to the suspense and mystery, like I think it served its purpose. And that's why mm-hmm. it's just like, I, I mentioned it in my review too with this one. It's like, I'm just having fun with this. Like there's nothing like, it, like wow, this is mind blowing good. Um, mm-hmm. And on the counter of that, like this isn't bad. Like this is just, it's fun to watch. Like I am interested to see now what happens knowing that there's a third movie uh, with 1666 and it's like it served its purpose and yes it wasn't as exciting because it didn't really ever hit a thematic appeal uh in either yeah. keeping with the you know horror and you know uh, how do you feel about the prospect of like this in the future like the idea that streaming services be it netflix or hulu or i like Amazon, you- could create like three movie sets and they're just like we're going to make our limited series a movie or even if it's a limited series, whatever. And just saying, sure. like, if you want to see what happens with this, you're going to have to watch every yeah. week to find oh, out. It's, I think it's huge. I really do think it's huge because just like me with these movies, it's like, oh, man, I watched the first one and there's enough there. There's enough bitten off where it's like, oh, I'm excited for the next one. Like, I'm eager to see the next one. You know, Queen's Gambit, uh, just to speak on a limited series for Netflix, because we're talking about it. You know, Queen's Gambit, I thought, was also a very, like, well-executed series that, mm. on the counter of it, it's funny, because you're right. It's like, what, you know, I don't think Queen's Gambit could have worked as a movie. Um, it absolutely one, could not have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but in this one, as, as well, you do release three movies, um, and it's excited to come back weekend and week out, which, yeah. again, keeps your subscription for Netflix. Um, but uh limited series are i think a good thing and it'd be interesting to see you know uh ted lasso's the latest release and on uh what do you think TV. of the new episode uh i'm i'm ready for season two baby that's I, all i, I can say fine. i thought the first episode was fine i'm still ready for season two but my point is right there's so many other streaming services there's so many other things where netflix hasn't done it yet uh disney plus does it where you release it week by week you're not releasing right. it all at once netflix has uh, at least in their limited mode. series is binge mode. It's like, hey, here it is all at once. You waited for it or whatever, right? With any here show, it it's is. Like, there's no season two, episode one, and that's all you get for a week. It's mm-hmm. season two all the way through. And, and that's what Netflix is known for. Netflix is the binge watch uh, streaming. So yeah. um, I'd be curious to see just like they did with these movies. And I think it's the first thing they've actually done where they've, you know, there's going to be more than one. And mm-hmm. I, I like that idea. I like that idea uh, because it, it keeps you excited. It keeps you on edge and it keeps you on your toes kind of thing for right. what's going to happen next. And it's, it's a good marketing way to, to appeal to something. To appeal, I think to, to the thing that I find insidious about it, and I've used that word so many times this Whoa. episode, Whoa. What a everything word. we've watched has been fucking insidious is that, um, kind of like the Warner server verse. It's like they released fear street 1994 and they're like, you got to come back for the next one. And you got to come back for the one after that. And it's just like, can people not make content that is just self serving? Like, can, can they just not make one thing that is for itself that people want to watch and they watch it and it's good and you don't have to come back to see the sequel or the spinoff or whatever. And it's just like, that's so frustrating to me. Like 
Fear Street 1994, if it had ended with them figuring out the curse and like the Sam, was that her name? Sam dying, but then getting revived and being okay. And that was the end of it. It's like, that's great. Sure. That is a three, three and a half star horror movie rocks. But then it's just like, oh, wait, she's possessed. So we have to do another movie. And then the next movie is like, all right, here's my whole backstory and here's how it connects to the first movie. And then it's like, well, now we need a third movie to figure out how we can get it all back together. And it's just like, all right, I get it. Everything has to be a fucking franchise. We get it. That's, I, it, but that's the funny part, even too. Even at the end of Fear Street, spoiler alert, I guess, is like the fucking end credits of 1666 somebody is grabbing the fucking book so they could make another fear street trilogy and like now we have to stay subscribed to uh to uh netflix just in case they make more fear street movies and it's just so corporate it's so jeff bezos flying into space because he's so rich that he can it's bullshit man the whole thing fucking sucks hey tell you what I'm going to counter argue that just a tiny bit because it's like mm-hmm. there's movies that have now like had like second or third movies that we talk about that you would never suspect, right? They just out of the blue announce it or whatever and be like, oh shit, now they're going to make a second one of that. At least like with this, it's like it's already going to be set up that way. And I I, I, I know that you don't agree with that anyways because it's like uh, corporate or whatever. And, you know, that's capitalism, baby. There we go. It I haven't is. said that one in a long yes. time. <laughs> yes. Give me that anti-capitalist view. Yes. But <laughs> at least they know. Like in other ones, it's just like I I can't like name anything off the top of my head, unfortunately. But there's just so many movies I feel like out there that have all come with a second or third <laughs> movie. All of them. But you're but to that, right? It's like, oh shit. Like I let's just bring up Space Jam. Like a movie that you didn't read to remake that capitalism baby <laughs> but that i mean that's kind of my point like at least with this with the limited series with the you know, trilogy of movies so, it's like so let me give I you agree. the counter you argument to that well you you just said everything you wanted to say why are you okay, counting carry, argument carry my on i i have i have a counter argument to that but carry on no, i don't have anything else to say now counter i know argue. you didn't that's why i brought it up yeah, counter <laughs> my counter argument my, my counter gonna... argument though is that like okay yes this it was planned out to be a trilogy from the start right you you are making what you set out to make but it also still leaves the door open for more and like that's that's just what it is like you have to stay engaged you have to say engage the whole process I, I look at something like uh, Knives Out, right? Knives Out, a movie we both loved that is filming its sequel. We've seen the cast updates for this for the last number of months, like at least a couple months. We're, I don't know about you. I'm very excited for Knives Out too. Do you need a Knives Out too? But that that's the point, right? Is like Knives Out was not made with the intention to make a Knives Out too. Knives Out was made and everyone was like, this rocks. Knives Out is so good. I wish they could do a different mystery with Benoit Blanc. Hold and on. so they're like, hold okay, let's make another one. It, it wasn't hold, made with the intention of sequels. It wasn't made with the intention of a franchise. Evan, Evan, hold on. And that, that's different, I feel like. Your counter argument to my counter argument is 
Captain yeah, they're making baby. a second Knives Out <laughs> that I'm going to absolutely love. Like, you're basically now agreeing that, yes, second movies can be great. Yes, yes, but not when they're like what? Shrek. Not when they're like Shrek and we're like, we're going to make Shrek, but we're going to make Shrek 2 and 3 Shrek 2 was and great. 4. Shrek 3 was great. Shrek 4 was great. All of uh, Shrek is great. But like, but but you get what I'm saying? Like Fear Street was made with the intention of like, we're going to make multiple movies. And if those multiple movies work out, we're going to make another trilogy or something. Who knows? So why can't, why can't someone be like, I, you? I'm just saying like, like, like we should okay, hold on. We shouldn't build a Marvel cinematic universe on the intention of building a Marvel cinematic universe. We should try to make good movies. And if they're good, give people more of what they want, but, but like, you're arguing, just try to make a good movie. Okay, but your argument is that people, unlike you, love Marvel movies anyway, and the intent was that that was a good they, movie, and that's just the second they one. Think they your do. argument is that you just love Knives Out, which I agree a lot of people did, such as myself, but there's so many people out there that love Marvel movies that when a second one comes out, mm. which planned or pre-planned, is like, okay, you just you just have, no, you have no, this no, affinity, you have this Cody, love Cody, for that's Knives different. Out. That's How different, is that different? Though. That because is your not, opinion of loving no, the movie. No, 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 no. Just no, like it, everyone else. It is. It is genuinely different, right? Because Knives Out, they made Knives Out as a, like Ryan Johnson was like, I want to make a murder mystery movie. And that's it. And it was so popular that he was like, okay, the fans really want another one. I'll make another one. Sure. Whatever. Iron Man came out with a post credit scene that made it clear that the intention was to make more Marvel movies. Like this was this was not something that was built in the vacuum. This was not saying like we're gonna make Iron Man and because people loved it, we're gonna make Iron Man 2 and also all of these other Marvel movies. It's like, no, this is gonna be the start of a cinematic universe. And if it's successful, we can carry on with it. And it was. And so now they've created this whole interconnected thing of 25 or 24 movies and three series or whatever. You need to see all of it. But I'm just saying that, like, I wish that more people would just try to make good shit. Like, Parasite is making a, an HBO series or whatever, which I think is dumb. But at least, like, Parasite was an original idea. Why didn't I see that in Space Jam? Because Space Jam sucks. And they're just like, we're capitalizing on nostalgia and former IP. That's, that's well, my problem. Ruined, they already ruined Castle like, make My whole point is make original shit. Make original shit, and people will go see it if it's good. And then if you want to make more off of that original shit, that's how new IP is born. Let's let's bring a generation of new IP, Cody. New IP. I just want to see Jeff Bezos go to the moon again at this point. You have me hooked on that. At this Jeffrey, point. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jeffrey, you can do it. <laughs> I hear you. I don't agree with everything. I hate that guy. He sucks. <laughs> Bo Burnham or Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos, obviously. Okay. All right, just check it, man. All right, jeez. Bo Burnham rocks. We love Bo, Bo Burnham on here. We don't love Jeff Bezos. Pay your taxes, buddy. <laughs> All right, are we are we done? Have you had enough of my nonsense? Uh, hey. If I had enough of your nonsense, right, this get, podcast would have never started. Before so. we finish off, give me your Fear Street rankings. My Fear Street rankings. Rank the three. So, oh, okay. 1666 is number one. Okay. Guaranteed. Three and a half stars. Give me a second here because I think I rated the other two the same. I did. So, my Fear Street 
1994 was three stars and my fear street 1978 was also three stars but i've had to put them in order for the way i liked them 66 at three and a half 94 at three and then also still at three but at the bottom of the barrel was 78 um those are my ratings so letterbox roundup this isn't really a letterbox roundup it is for me are we gonna post all three of these to oh my god okay oh no we're not it's yeah, just so it's, our so it's not. It's just we're just we're just ranking them. Um, sixteen sixty six tops for me. That's a three and a half. Um, ninety four is a three star. Let's go. You're you're with me so far. Nineteen seventy eight sucked. That was a two star <sighs> for me. Unbelievable, dude. Two stars now, dude. I don't. I mean, I thought it was a pretty. All of them were a pretty good addition to the uh, like gory semi horror genre so. i think all three are in the top 25 horror films of 2021 i'm not sure what that's speaking to because yeah, makes sense. i couldn't i couldn't name 22 other horror films that came out in i've probably seen 22 horror movies i don't know this year no no way. i've seen like eight or, or nine 10 yeah. of the movies i've seen and i've seen 90 movies are uh so so nine i've seen nine horror movies fair and tell you what they are well that's unfortunate All right, Cody, that does it for another episode of Spinning the Reel. We uh, we really got off the rails there, buddy. Like the Looney Tunes that we are. What's up, Doc? Great. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> um, so, okay, so if you guys want some more content, I have, uh, who doesn't want more content, speaking to Bo Burnham, um, I have uh, written a review a pan, if you will, of uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. You can find that on uh, spinningthereel.com as as well as like links to all of our socials and whatnot. What, what else do the people need to know, Cody? You know what? The people need to know that, yes, at spinningthereel.com is where all our content is, uh, such as Evan Reviews, because I'm not good at writing reviews. You, I you should, should be write better. something. I need I to know. write something. Next Disney movie that we watch, oh, I guess that'd be The Jungle Cruise. <laughs> please write a jungle cruise review i will write a jungle cruise review and uh, saying that you've promised multiple reviews that have never come to people i will have a review at some point in the near future (laughs) for a disney movie for the people and my my plan i'll tell this to all the people is to branch out the um the review so my plan is to have one review for the movie of the week that we talk about so in this case space jam um, and starting this week, I'm hoping to bring a Throwback Thursday review every week. Uh, and that will be a movie that was released before 1990. Because I, I feel like um, talking to friends and stuff, there's so many people that have just derogatory views of any movie that came out before they were born or before, like, just old movies. And so I, I'm, I'm going to have a recommendation every week of an old movie to watch. And that, that will be added to the stable of content at spinningthereel.com. Wow. I don't speak for everybody, but I'll speak for everybody and not myself. We appreciate you. Good job, Evan. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, there as well. Obviously, our social uh, Twitter is connected there. You guys can see what's going on, any games and stuff that we've done. Which, by the way, I think I won the last game, Evan. I'm just I th- saying. I think you came back in the poll, but because you delayed the episode a week, I'm not giving you credit for anything. Oh, I get no credit. That's how it works, huh? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I won, so salty or not, Evan, I'm a winner. You're a loser. Oh, uh, you did. You won by one vote. victory all i can say is just like always guys appreciate the listens appreciate all your guys' time and thank you and on that note let's just finish this off because that's all folks bye